So I don't know if y'all knew this, but when Disney finds out that you're a clergy member, they cut you a free meal if, if you promise that you'll preach about Disney the Sunday afterwards. <laughs> so I took advantage of that, and here we are. That's a joke. That's not actually the case. It would have been nice, though. Now, any of you who have gone to Disney know that perhaps with all of the rides and all of the attractions, it does have with it a high degree of good people-watching. Now, it's especially fun to see how people are creative with their clothing. Now, maybe it's artistic expression or it's practical for keeping track of folks, but many folks had matching shirts, including the Anderson and Macintosh family. I don't know if you can see that there. My mother-in-law is here today who put them together, so thank you, Debbie. Uh, my son-in-law points will continue to raise, so I go to heaven a little earlier. Um, but no, it was great. We really enjoyed them. You know, it was so much easier to keep track of my family amidst the crowds, right? Because we all had this really cool tie-dyed shirt on, right? It was great. I ended up seeing a few of these, too. You notice the, the dad. It says, most expensive day ever. <laughs> There's a picture of a guy here who, who has that shirt. He actually sort of looks like a Presbyterian pastor in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, sort of requirement, the beard and the hair. Um, but yeah, I saw these everywhere during the trip. I mean, it wasn't just one, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. There were like 10 or 15 people who had this most expensive day ever shirt on. And honestly, this kind of cynicism is how I began the trip to Disney. Lindsay will attest to the fact that I kept asking about how much are we spending on this trip now? <laughs> oh, how much, how much did the meal cost last night? You know, I had to swallow a little harder. And, you know, we went to one of the buffets, and I did not feel good the next day because I was going to get my money's worth. <laughs> right? You know, the, the, this was not the best food in the world. I mean, Disney's magic in all sorts of ways, but not in their culinary uh, ways, right? Um, and it was at the cost of having a good meal at Matthew's, which is really good. Um, and I couldn't shake at the beginning of the trip. This feeling of kind of being forced as part of an experience just to consume, right? How many of you have been to Disney? All right, so broad majority. I mean, we are in Florida. This feels like a prerequisite. I mean, you do start to feel like every single event that you partake in comes at a cost, right? Um, I think that's why they have those cool bands because it's so much easier just to throw a band on something than pull out your wallet, your credit card each time, right? You stop thinking about, oh my gosh, until you look at the bank statement later. And this feeling stayed with me, despite my best efforts, until the first night in the Magic Kingdom. And there, after a day of almost continuous heavy rains, picture changed. I'm waiting to... I really want you to see this great picture I took. But after a day of continuous heavy rains, we watched the fireworks come up over Cinderella's castle. 
as well of all of those characters. They were sort of illuminated on the screen, all of these characters that I got to know growing up, right? There was pictures of Ariel, and there was pictures of, um, there was pictures of uh, the Beast, and there were all sorts of really terrific moments where I saw my own childhood. And then, of course, some of the new characters that I've gotten to know with watching the same movies now with Abe and Frankie. There we go. This picture was, was as Abe and I were coming back into Magic Kingdom. He didn't want to be in the middle of the rain, and I just couldn't help but watch the way that the light reflected on the pavement as we were heading into crowds again. I decided to take this picture. And I watched the fireworks, and I watched the laser show, and I watched all the magic, and I couldn't help but have my cynicism give way to memories and stories. You know, there's lots of characters that I got to see again explored, and those, each of those characters explored a little bit of what it means to be a hero, and what it means to be a villain. A lot of those characters showed me as I was growing up, what did it mean to overcome adversity? And perhaps also to see the heart of someone uh, through other things that might have kept me otherwise away. Now, was it true that it was, still an, it was still expensive and it was still a significant money pit? Oh, sure. I mean, let's not ignore the fact that it still continued to cost a lot of money. The magic didn't suddenly make everything free. But at that point, as the fireworks descended, and we got back to walking around at the evening time, I realized that wasn't all that there was. And so over the next couple days then, it actually seemed a bit more magical to me. The Star Wars area in Hollywood Studios actually felt like I was in an episode of Star Wars. And I'm not like the biggest Star Wars geek, but y'all, so cool. And it was really fun when I bought the requisite things at the Star Wars area that they, that they said instead of receipt, they said, oh, well, here's your cargo credit. I was like, whoa! <laughs> Luke Skywalker's going to be around the corner here, right? I was seeing things through my kids' eyes, of course, but I was also seeing them through my own in a new way. And when we left and we came back home, I started to reflect on all of those T-shirts I saw, those most expensive day ever T-shirts. And I wondered what, if it, what it would have been like if that's all I would have taken from this experience. You know, you could imagine that internally I could have just taken that and that it didn't matter how much excitement, how much magic, how many good things were happening. I could have just said, yeah, it's a money pit, it's a tragedy, capitalism gone awry, and I just could have been miserable the whole time, right? And I'm sure there are some people who do that, that, that their sole experience of Disney is how much it costs them. Or I could have really been totally into it but I didn't want anybody to know. And so I could have kept wearing the most expensive day ever shirt. Now, I didn't get one, but I could have put on some bravado and didn't actually acknowledge that I, too, had caught some of the Disney magic. And it was interesting to me, by the way, it wasn't lost, that the majority, in fact, I would say almost exclusively the most expensive day shirt was worn by men, oftentimes older men who just perpetually looked grumpy. I, 
And I'm trying not to be that guy, but you, know, you understand, you feel good, like, oh, well, I'm just going to be angry about this the whole time. You know, Holy Week and Palm Sunday aren't a whole lot different than standing at the threshold of Disney at the beginning of a vacation. We're presented today with this really crazy story of Jesus headed into Jerusalem, and you know, he knows what's coming this week. He's aware of what's going to happen, and it's sheer celebration from end to end on this day. People are excited. Jesus gets on that colt, and everybody's laying their cloaks down, and when you realize like there wasn't a united colors of Benetton, there wasn't a gap back in Jesus's time, that cloak meant a lot. And so for it just to be given up, laid down for Jesus to trample over with this colt, well, that, that's not insignificant. And the thing that's so interesting at the end of this text, when the Pharisees are like, well, come on, you got to tell your folks to hush up. Jesus is like, listen, I could do that. But even if I told them to hush, nature itself would erupt. There is nothing that can stop the celebration of this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And you wouldn't be too crazy to think to yourself, my word, what is up with this guy? Who is supposed to be the savior of the world, rolling up on a horse, a tiny horse, never been ridden. This doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for a king, and you know, we'll hear that later in these stories. If this is really a king, well, shouldn't you be doing a little something more effective and more kingly? Then, of course, things are going to get a little bit more odd this week. On Thursday, we're going to get together and we're going to hear all these stories about how the disciples were really against the idea of Jesus doing certain things like hand, like foot washing, right? And then we're going to invite you to do it too. And of course, we'll offer hand washing in case the foot washing thing is really uncomfortable. But really, who does that? Does your card club wash each other's feet? Does everybody get together for Super Bowl Sunday and say, hey, before we get started, let's wash one another's feet? Yeah, it just, it's just not a thing we do. And then finally, after all of the rest of this, we're going to sit Friday and we're going to deal with the shame of the cross. I mean, seriously, when you're standing on the threshold of Holy Week and you're looking at what's going on, it's hard not to be a little bit cynical about the ridiculousness that's up ahead. And here's the, here's the icing. Here's the cherry on top. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate resurrection. Jesus dies, and then three days later, he's alive again. Holy Week gives all of us all sorts of reasons on the outside of this week to be terribly cynical about why we're here. And plenty of times we might go through this week like the dad with the shirt on. We go out of obligation because the rest of our family's going, and I guess we'll go, but we'll put up the fight and we'll say, most ridiculous church week ever. I'm only going because my grandma wants me to go. It's expensive in time. You have four services in a week. It's expensive in energy. 
mean, this choir has been working really hard, and it's expensive in obligation. But, what if we caught the magic of this week? What if we saw the magic of humility? The celebration of love and grace. The opportunity to have a safe place to grieve. And a chance to witness again life overcoming death. Because in the end, all of these stories that we hear of a triumphant Jesus going in Jerusalem to be able to witness once again Jesus' unrequired, un a deep love of us even when we resist it. To hear the pain of the cross, to witness celebration next Sunday, these stories tell us something beautiful. They tell us about the world that we really hope to have. And they connect us to the things that we aspire to as well. In the end, that's what all of these six weeks before this and Lent were really all about. They prepare us, they strip away all the things that don't matter, and they allow us to see the beauty of this week, the all-encompassing humanity of this week. And it doesn't mean that there aren't still things that aren't great about the church, right? I mean, that's always going to happen. It doesn't mean that there aren't difficult things about living faithfully. It doesn't mean that these things come without cost, because they do. And it doesn't mean that there aren't things that aren't truly hard to pin down. Because when you really start to think about the practical aspects of this week, like you would think about the practical aspects of walking around in 90 degrees at 100% humidity with your kids because you think it's a good idea, right? It makes no sense. But when did the magic of a moment ever depend on explanation over experience? When did saying the most expensive day ever replace the look of a young child as they celebrate being someplace magical? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. I'm going to ask you to try to live a Disney experience Holy Week. Which sounds ridiculous, I know. But... Y'all waved your palms. You've already done it. I mean, wave them again. I mean, that, now's your chance in the sanctuary. Just wave them. Ah, see? Yeah. I'm not going to take a picture of you. Don't worry. <laughs> but you're, you're celebrating too. You might get a little bit of what these folks were excited about as the Pharisees around them were saying, hey, could you get them to simmer down a little bit? Go watch the kids after this, and we go to the picnic across the street. Go watch the kids explore trying to find Easter eggs. Yeah, I always love to find out who's the one that's going to kind of be the bully and like take all the eggs. And who's the one that's going to be a little bit more sheepish and sort of stand aside? Who's the one that I've got to kick an egg too. Be like, hey, did you notice this one? Because isn't that part of celebration? 
Isn't that part of life? Be overwhelmed on Thursday by love and grace. There are so many Disney movies where you see this love and grace. You can see it here on Thursday. You can experience it on Thursday. You know, every good story, every good, every good uh, narrative arc has a low point to it where the hero, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Most really good movies have that moment and they grip you. Well, you know, Good Friday is a little like that, right? If we're really honest with ourselves and we don't pretend that we have the benefit of historical knowledge, we don't know what's going to happen after Friday. And we sit in a quiet, holy Saturday hoping something's going to happen. That's what Jesus promised, but we don't know. And then come back on Sunday and witness true victory over something that I think most of us wish we too could do, and that is overcome death with life. Although I look around here every single day that I'm here and every Sunday, and I see that that's what we're doing as a church All of you here right now are testament that South Jacksonville Presbyterian Church is celebrating resurrection on a regular basis. Amen. How cool is that? Friends, don't allow the cynicism to hold you internally, but also not externally. Don't be that guy who comes and says, yeah, I guess I'll go to Holy Week services. Yeah, I guess I'll think about Good Friday. I guess it's good for the kids. Well, it's good for you too. Because, friends, if there is true magic right here, true experience, true life, true depth, if it's here, let's celebrate it. You'll see in your bulletin, right? If you pull bulletin, you'll see that every single service between now and next Sunday is in there. You can see everything that's going to happen. You can participate in everything that's happening. If you can't be here on Thursday and Friday, go online, be a part of it. It won't be the same. But I invite you to reflect. Maybe chip away at that cynicism. There's magic here, friends. There's resurrection here. Let's seek it and celebrate it. Thanks be to God.